So wonderful to be able to spend this Easter Sunday with you right now as we speak. Our almost services are happening and Byron is up there today just speaking into, the, um, into this occasion, our Easter Sunday, the day when we really do remember and celebrate a risen God. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you today. I've called this message, Then Came Sunday. And, um, you know, when we were, we were just young. There was a time when we were young. And uh, <laughs> I, w- I was listening to someone the other day saying that this man, he was 82 years of age, just galloping up a set of stairs and the younger man behind him was so amazed that this man at the age of 82 was just running up and down the stairs with all of this boundless energy and he wanted to know just how come he had all that energy. He said, I don't know. He said, I'm just in love with God and he was just bounding up the stairs and anyway, he met this man about five years later and he was you know, into his latter 80 years and he was still bounding up the same stairs and you know, when you like that, I want to know what your secret is. What food are you eating? What stuff aren't you eating? Or there's got to be a secret somewhere. But all I know is stay in love with Jesus Christ, no matter what age that you're at. We have a risen Christ. Amen. <clears throat> but when we were young, we were invited along to a church that looked something like this. Different music, different uh, aesthetics and so forth. But Coming from a much more traditional background than when we were invited along to this this church service on this particular day, they were doing this musical drama, um, depicting the gospel through through musical drama and so forth. And I think my recollection was that they called the musical "Then Came Sunday," and of course the story was about they'd gone to the tomb. And the body of Christ uh, could not be found in the tomb. And so this whole uh, drama was around the astonishment and the confusion and the questions and so forth when the body was there and now the body's not there. The body of Jesus had gone. And so following on from that, it took us into beyond the tomb and into that time when they realised that Jesus had been resurrected from the dead And that he was indeed alive. And so the whole musical was around Then Came Sunday. And I want us to focus today that not only do we celebrate a risen Christ today, but we actually walk in the power of the risen Christ every single day. Because if it's just a one-day event, then it stops here. It can't be a one-day event. It is about the risen relationship of Christ in the, in the life of His people every single day that you are upon this earth. And so today is Sunday. And for many right across our nation, Sunday is their day of leisure. It's their, it's their time off. It's their, their break from their weekly pressures, schedules and routines. And sadly, in our Western culture, with all of its affluence, And you may not think that we're an affluent culture, but we are in comparison to many others across our earth today. But in our affluent culture, we're given choices and opportunities and options where we can go and spend our weekends doing other things. 
and our culture has weakened down and watered down just what Sunday celebration is all about. What it is to gather in the house of God on a Sunday, whether it be an Easter Sunday or whether it be any other Sunday, just what it means to come into God's house and worship. They call us still primarily a Christian nation. And yet I believe it's time that we turned our face back to God, that we called in a spirit of revival across our land, that we call back just what the risen Christ did and what it meant when He came back from death into life, that that means that our nation can be alive with a relationship with God, not just an occasional acquaintance with him, but it is about a living God at work at lives in lives right across our land. And so it is about then came Sunday. They they went to the tomb. Not only had they been to the tomb, but preceding that they had watched. This man that they'd grown to love, that they'd walked with, had some relationship with, as he hung what appeared to be helplessly, nailed to the most dreadful way, nailed to a cross. Following that, after Jesus had died, days of confusion, questions, silence and deep sorrow that the one that they had grown to love had gone. Their world had changed. Their world was now in confusion and questions. They could not have grasped just what it meant, what was truly taking place that Jesus had allowed to happen. And he was following the will of the Father. Not my will, but your will be done. And now just days beyond the cross, sadness was about to turn into celebration as Jesus appeared to many and he demonstrated to them that he was indeed alive, that he was no longer in the tomb, that he was alive, that the truth was that he was alive, that this was the one that had now come back from the dead And if he had come back from the dead, then what did this mean to those that believed in him? What does that mean to you and I today as we call ourselves the church in this 21st century? What does it mean when we say, if he came back from the dead, then what, how does that get played out in our own lives? The road to Emmaus was amazing. It was so pivotal. pivotal. It was so important. And in the book of Luke, we are told that two walked on this road to Emmaus, which was about seven miles outside of Jerusalem. And as they were talking amongst each other and discussing to each other all of the things that had taken place over the previous days, they didn't recognize that the one that came up beside them, walked with them, talked with them was actually Jesus himself. And yet they walked on this road to Emmaus And they were unable to recognize him. They mentioned to him that we had lived in hope that he was the one that would redeem Israel. But now he's gone. He is dead. He was put in the tomb. He was sentenced to death and our hopes went with him. And Jesus responded to them quite directly when he said, You are foolish. You are slow to believe what the prophets had taught you. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into glory? And the two walked on the road, enjoying the company with this person that had joined them, still not recognising that this was actually Jesus. And they asked him and invited him because it was almost nightfall. And they said, come with us, have a a meal with us. And I want to pick up this 
these few thoughts this morning in a very straightforward way out of the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 30 through to 35. And Jesus did go with them, and when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he began to give it to them, and then their eyes were opened, and they recognised him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and he opened up the scriptures to us? They got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem and there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke bread. As all of this starts to unfold, Jesus appeared to them, but not only did he appear to the two, but he also appeared to his own disciples and he said to them, do not fear, but have peace. And then he proceeded to show them his hands and his feet where the nails had gone in. And then he eats fish with them. And then he tells them again that everything that was spoken about in history had now had to be fulfilled. In verse 45, and it's verse 45 that I want to just park on this morning. Because we're going to pray in a few minutes' time. And I don't know just where you stand in your faith or your belief or your expectation. But I believe in a God who is still able to open up eyes. And this morning we're going to pray, not out of duty, not out of obligation, not out of just because it's Easter Sunday, but we're going to pray with the faith of God in us that what God did then, He's well able to do again. In verse 45, he says, Then he opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. And as Jesus was blessing them, he left them and he was taken up to heaven. And they worshipped him and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Thank God for Sunday. Then came Sunday and he tells them that what they were experiencing today was spoken about in the halls of history, that the prophet said that this day would come and what Jesus was doing, he was tying together history with now their present and with what would take place in the future. And Jesus was tying together the prophetic word that was spoken about before they were even born that came through the mouth of the prophets. And today as you and I sit here on this Sunday in church, I want you to know this, that we are not just some insignificant dot that showed up on the earth at this particular time in history, that we have no purpose, that we have no reason for existence, but rather that we are here as part of the continuing story of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because He came for all mankind, for every generation. You are not sitting here taking up a chair, taking up space, using up a bit of oxygen on the earth. You are not a dot. You are here by the purpose and the design of all Almighty God that saw your life before this earth was even created. 
Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And because he was raised from the dead and he came from death to life, we too can come from death to life. We too can come from blindness into sight. We too can come from mourning into dancing. We too can come from hopelessness to hope. We too can come from wherever you are today into where God wants to take you. Jesus came to speak the Father's words over mankind, to carry out the will of the Father over all humanity. And you and I are not just some dot on a page somewhere that is registered with the government. You are here because God wants you here and He has a plan and a design and a purpose for your life. You're important. To the plan of God. You are needed for the plan of God. We are to be in this thing together. There is no other plan. There is not plan B, C or D. You might change houses a thousand times in a lifetime. You can do that because that's your choice. You may have 20 different jobs, but there is only one call of God and one destiny. There is one thing that God wants you to do, and that is to live out all of your days serving Him, following the plan and the will of God for your life. And maybe that's not familiar to you right now. It can be by the end of this service. President Barack Obama, I read this just the other day and I like the story. President Barack Obama met this young 11-year-old boy who had skipped school this particular day so that he could meet the president. This young boy's name was Tyler and he did get the privilege of meeting the president. And when the president noticed that Tyler was missing from school, he asked his aide that day to get him a card and to get him a a pen to write with, but it had to have the presidential letterhead on it. And he wrote Tyler a note so that Tyler could give it to his school the following day. And on this, the note read, please excuse Tyler today from school because he was with me, Barack Obama, the president. That particular day, the president spoke up for Tyler But that was only one day in Tyler's life. The president would not be there every single day in Tyler's life, all the way through every day that he was to live on this earth. But Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 tells us that every day Jesus turns to the Father and intercedes for God's people meaning that every day Jesus speaking on your behalf. Every day Jesus turns to the Father and speaks to the Father about your call, your reason, your your destiny, the very reason that God saw you in His frame to say that one and this one, this son, this daughter, this child, this one, this is the plan of God. And Jesus turns to the Father and says, I'm interceding for that to be manifested on the earth while my people are on the earth. Every day your life matters to God. Every day your life is linked in the plan of God. Every single day God saw you in his picture and when he saw you in his picture he said, I'm putting this one on the earth at this particular time because so they can follow out the call of God upon their life. Every day your life matters. I don't like having my photo taken. If I can avoid it, I'll always offer to take the picture. 
I'm too self-critical. My hair wasn't right. I looked this. I looked that. The colour or whatever. And so if I can take the picture, I would much prefer that. But there's one picture I'm so glad that I'm a part of. And that is the picture that God saw all the way from eternity, all the way back to eternity and how I fit into the picture that God had planned for my life. And so do you. You fit in this. God designed it that way. We are linked to the plan of God. We always were, we always will be. And you might say, well, I feel out of place. I feel like a duck out of water right now. I don't know where I fit. I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. God saw you in the picture and he says you are a part of this. The story that we find ourselves in today is a miracle. It is a miracle. We sometimes don't know how to define a miracle. Because a miracle is unusual. It's something we didn't put together. I think this building is a miracle. I think this property is a miracle. I think the fact that you're sitting here today is a miracle. I think the fact that we got a phone call, I love those out of the blue good phone calls that you get. You know those good ones that always end up well, they've got a happy ending to them. The fact that we got a phone call one day about this property going on the market was a miracle. And I looked up the dictionary, how do we define a miracle? And even the dictionary interpretation was somewhat limited. But the dictionary says that a miracle is an extraordinary event. And it cannot be explained by natural or by scientific laws. And therefore is attributed to a divine agency. That's the the dictionary. Well, they kind of got it right. When they went to the tomb that day, they couldn't explain it. The tomb was emptied. The man they'd knelt to the cross, they couldn't explain it. The man that was now with them eating fish, breaking bread and blessing them and then taken up to heaven, they couldn't explain it. There was no scientific nor natural law that could fit what was going on. And when you got born again, there's no scientific or natural law that could explain it because it was a miracle. It happened because of the risen Christ and the risen Christ lives in you and lives in me today. It is a miracle. As we saw Daniel walk through these doors last week, that is a miracle right there. And let's give God all the praise this morning for that. You can't explain it to the natural mind, to the unredeemed mind, to the mind that is closed to the things of God. But only the mind that has been open can worship and give him praise and surrender to him because it is the mind that's been made alive because of the risen Christ. The word became flesh among us, but he understands our weaknesses. He knows our, our flaws, our frailties, our natures, nature is flawed. And yet he still chose willingly to come among us. But it doesn't stop there. Because if we stop there, it's still Friday, as Caleb said. We can't stop at Friday. Sunday did come. And because Sunday came, he said, I'm going to send to you what the Father has promised. But I want you to stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. 
What he was saying was what has taken place and what is about to take place and what will continue to take place throughout your life, it is miraculous. It is powerful. It is supernatural invention, intervention from God above. And he said, you guys are the ones that are about to experience that. And as I read these scriptures today, I think we should have days where we just come into church, not in April on Easter Sunday, but visit these scriptures on any given Sunday to be reminded about the risen Christ. And as I read these scriptures today, my heart is stirred with fresh hope and faith that is rising to the risen Christ because he is still able to open up minds. He is still able to open us up to truth of the Scriptures um, in our day so that we can walk out the plan of God. And like that road to Emmaus experience, the two that walked on that road, many of us have walked on roads throughout life where we didn't know the nearness of God, where we didn't know that Jesus was actually nearby. But we've walked like those on on the road to Emmaus that day And we had no idea about the future and the plan of God that he had up the road for us. And if we had stayed on the road to Emmaus, then we would have stayed there. We would have stayed at the tomb. We would have been too small. And many have come into churches week by week by week. And it's like their road to Emmaus experience but they're not aware of the nearness of their God because their minds are closed, their hearts aren't open. They're just dull to the things of God. And to me, that is a tomb experience, but we must move from tomb over to resurrection where our minds are open and our hearts are open. And I think we need to be touched again by the Spirit of God to say, God, we've walked for so long along the road. We've experienced so much of you, but this is not the end of the story because revival is going to hit this nation. God is going to move across this nation and open up lives, minds, hearts, send people back to the house of God again. Do you know, I thought about this the other week. So often we focus upon the harvest, which are those that have never committed their lives to Jesus. But do you know if every prodigal son and daughter just returned back to church, not one church in this nation would have room enough to sit everybody, just by the return of God's children. And I tell you what, my, my faith is strong enough, my expectation of God is loud enough to declare it can happen and it can happen in our day and our time. May our minds be open to the risen Christ. May our hearts be alive to the possibilities. We can't afford to hang around tombs. We've got too much to do to hang around empty tombs. The tombs of regret, the tombs of whatever, the tombs of what ifs. We can't hang around and be in the company of empty tombs because it will drag you down to the thinking of this world. And that's where you'll stay. But he is, he is risen and he blessed them. And as he blessed them, they worshipped him. And then after that, they returned back to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed in the temple praising God. If ever that was a key right there. Stay in God's house praising him. Praising him. And this morning, very simply in a very straightforward way, because we're going to to pray. 
there's just five things that I want to touch on today. And it's these five, six things that I want to pray into. And I pray into this, not just with my faith, but I pray into this with the possibilities of God, with the company that's in this room, that God would open up minds, that there would be this moment where I see, that secondly, that the Scriptures, the Gospel of Jesus Christ would be opened up again, that thirdly, that there would be a fresh anointing that would come upon not just our church, but upon the churches in our nation, that there would be a fresh anointing again, the power from on high. Fourthly, that worship would be found on the earth. Do you know when there's praise and when there's worship, it builds an atmosphere and God inhabits the praises of his people. And so little happens at times because there is no atmosphere that God can inhabit. But if we can build an atmosphere of worship and of praise, it is the highest form of spiritual warfare. Never mind doing this, that and the other thing. Just begin to declare the praises of a risen Christ in this place. The fifth thing is that there'd be a restoration of joy. And when there's a restoration of joy, there'll be a restoration of your strength because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And many of you have been through long seasons, and I get it, where your, your strength has been so drained and been so depleted. But if you can move back into an environment of praise and of worship, then God is able to restore your joy and God is well able to deal with the other things that depleted you. It's a spiritual place. And they were found, lastly, they were found and established in the house of God. That means that they weren't casual, they weren't casual attenders of being in the house of God. They were found in the temple all the time, praising Him. What a church. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That's the kind of church that God is looking for on the earth. And every single time, Every single time you see those early signs of a person starting to turn to God. And it might not be much. It might be just they've crept in the door. It might be just a few questions that they're asking. It might be that just curious, what is this all about? What does it mean? It is the early signs that a risen Christ is at work over their lives. When you start to see somebody that doesn't want to live the old anymore, but wants to step into the future that God has given, it is a sign that the risen Christ is there. When you see a miracle take place, that healing is being restored and things are being recovered, it is a sign that the risen Christ is there. The mere fact that you are sitting here today is not because the church doors are opened or that you got a something in the mail or saw something on the internet or we announced on a screen somewhere or somebody invited you. You are not here today because of that. You are here today because the risen Christ drew you into this place today. If there's just a small desire or a thought or something rising within you today, it is happening because of the risen Christ. And if there's something rising within you, a fresh expectation, that you know what, I've been hanging around the tomb for too long. 
I've been looking at the wrong things. I've been focusing on the wrong picture. But today I've heard that I am part of the plan of God in my day. We get one life to live. This is it. You're not going to get a rerun. This is it. Michael Jackson's concert might have called This Is It, but I tell you what, God says this is it. We don't get a second shot, and so let's not waste the This Is It moment in our day and our generation. Let's be part of building the house of God because the Gospel is able to open up hearts and minds. You know, Good Friday, just a few days ago, my prayer before I got into church on Good Friday And I was aware that there were people in the room that haven't accepted Him as Lord. And I said, God, what You did, what I read about in the Scriptures, that when bread was broken, when bread was broken, eyes, minds, hearts were opened and the Scriptures were revealed and something came alive in them. And I said, God, if it's written in Your Word, then would You do it on this Good Friday? And I don't know what happened in the room. It's actually not my business. But even this morning as we took communion today, I prayed the same prayer again. God, as bread is broken, as bread is broken, oh God, would eyes be open, hearts be made alive to the revelation and the understanding that He is the risen Christ. He is. This is not make-believe, fantasy or whatever. It is about the risen Christ. And I want to pray today with you because there's people you love and people that I love. And there is a nation to reach. There is a nation to reach because Jesus is returning. And just as He went up that day and He just left their presence. We know the Scripture tells us that Jesus is actually coming back. The King is coming back. And when He comes back, He says, will I find faith upon the earth? Well, I don't want Him to wait to that last day. I want Him to see faith on the earth today. I want Him to see a people that are living in the risen Christ relationship, that we live in victory and not at the tomb that our own eyes are opened, our hearts are alive with full of expectation at what God is able to do. And I'm I'm gonna ask you to stand in this place today. And we're gonna pray into this. Be led by the Word of God today. And I want you to give to God a name, maybe a few names of someone that their eyes need to be open to the risen Christ, that their heart, their spirit needs to be open to the truth of the Gospel, that as God's people, that He would anoint us again with power from on high, that again, that worship would be found on the earth, that our own joy would be restored and our strength would be renewed and that God's house will be filled that just as there was an empty tomb, I'm telling you, the house of God was never meant to be found empty. It is a full room filled and furnished with worshippers of Jesus Christ. And I'm believing right now that right across our community at the Gold Coast, Ormo and way beyond, that the Spirit of God is moving right now. 
that minds be opened, that hearts be open to the truth of God's Word. That God, that You would anoint us again, I pray. Lord, that You would restore and renew our strength and our joy. God, that worship would be found in this house, that worship be found at Ormo, that worship be found across our land. Lord, that we would be established, established in Your house. God, we give You praise. We bring You honour today. We give You praise and give You honour today. 